Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always from the great painter's servant, Enro de Balzac, uh, if we could paint with what we want in the hand, with what we see in the mind's eye. Wow. Stretch. I'm, 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 I'm actually confused after that. It's uh, it's a real pickle. Squeamy Gee getting caught up on meta traffic with the weather light report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. <laughs> well, Mr. T made it all of five steps out his door before he bolted back inside. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. We will never find out if we won an Emmy crawl. It's a similar, I think the Eldrazi won because we have all abandoned hope, so. What if we make That's our fair. own Emmy crawl and then we can just <laughs> what? have it? That's like a participation <laughs> Best podcast. I mean, Bruce and I, I think that's Best what our secondary podcast is a participation news. <laughs> Best fellow hosts, Big Tuck and Mr. Combo. Best producer, Squee. There we go. It's, it's, we're, tell, we're telling ourselves what we already knew. Well, we're going to start off at the top of the Castle Blades and Carnage that ensued with... So uh, I'm going to start this off because I went on a little bit of a tear. So with this uh, previous 40 Life in a Dash weekend being Mother's Day, we decided to take it from a Sunday afternoon to a mm -hmm. Saturday evening, which was great because uh, we had several other content creators that actually hopped in and played games with us. Oh, really? Including Mr. Yeah. So we got Mr. T himself. What? We played a couple games. Yeah, he was seriously yeah. kicking. He was there. I spoke wow. with him. Wow. Yeah, I still, don't, I still I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we even had a MTG Lord of Leaves, oh, yeah. good old Sir Brian. Sir Brian. Uh, also, Sir Brian, you can go ahead and suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't be talking about the game that Sir Brian was in. He had a bailout because he has bronchitis. Oh my gosh. Uh, insert everyone's favorite catchphrase. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, but I'm going to talk about the second. A long time ago. We're going to talk about the second game. This was Mr. T, uh, Marketing Ross, myself, and I believe Nathan. I was playing my Shirai deck. Yep, I, I was playing my Shirai deck. Uh, so game one, I had done Joda and I did Joda things. It's like, okay, I won my game. I'm good. Yeah, Let's right. play some kind of fun interaction type stuff. Let's do stuff. something, yeah. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> Shirai kind of turned into a stacks deck a little bit. Did you get Contagion uh, out like turn four? Ew. So uh, they were doing everything they could to stop me because I did get a Contamination out turn that's, three. That's one. Oh God. Cat Counterspelled, uh, saved themselves. Good. Yeah, I know they needed it, and then it turned into a. I got a Triskaidekaphobia out, so I was slowly draining everyone. Yes. I know, uh, and then I had a Blood Pet, a bl I think it was a Blood Artist and a Viserys here, <laughs> and so I was just doing my rigmarole each uh -huh. turn, drips and drabs, going at it. So I had Butcher of Malakir and Phyrexian Plague Lord out. Ew. So here's a fun interaction because I started sacking and uh, Mr. T was playing a Atlapalani Eggs deck. Oh, sure. Uh, I like yeah. it. I like it. I always wanted to build one of those. Very, very good. Um, and I believe Nathan was playing Oloro. Nathan, I'm sorry if I'm incorrect. Uh, and then Ross, I'm pretty sure, was maybe doing rats, something okay, like that. Sure. Uh, and so what ended up happening, though, is and so now instead of just sacking my creatures to scry, I started sacking them to give creatures minus one, minus one till end of turn, killing their creatures. Right. On top of every time I sacked a creature, they had to sack a creature because a butcher of Malakir. Mm -hmm. So yep. they almost had a saving grace, and they're like, okay, we're going to kill the Phyrexian Plague Lord. And guys, if you're not familiar with Plague Lord, its power and toughness is 4-4. Four, four. Yep. Shirai only brings stuff that's power, power one or less. But here's some deck tech for you. I sacked my things, targeted the Plague Lord himself, made him a power oh, one or did less. Oh, you yeah. down? Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I got him back. It's when it hits the graveyard, right? The graveyard. Yeah, that's when it checks awesome. out. Nice. That is, that yeah. is some tech. Well done. They, they yeah, might call that a, a pro play. Yeah. Yeah. Ba basically, after that, they all conceded. So. <laughs> <laughs> your, favorite way of, your favorite way of winning is always. It does make me feel good. 
Well, Squee McGee, what games do you want to talk about? Hey, I actually have some. Welcome back. Whoa, whoa. What a party. Uh, yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. We uh, hopped, I think, three games I played on Saturday. Nice. Uh, yeah, I actually spoke to Mr. T. He's a real person. He's out there in the wild. He has a voice. Wow, know, I thought he was magic. just a robot. Yeah, you know, I never met the <laughs> Like guy, an but... AI. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to do that. And then, uh, let's see, I played... Uh, got to to bring Reese out against Mr. Combo. Of Love course, it. always a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as we had spoke about, I believe last week, uh, ran into a big white mana issue there. So, oh, uh, for those yep, that were sure talking about that, uh, that's uh, a painful moment. I didn't have enough white mana to play anything at all. So I lost that game. And didn't, I, and didn't I get rid of a bunch of your lands or something oh, like that? Oh yeah, you you blew up two of my lands in one turn with like a strip mine and whatever the other one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lord Wind Grace that, stuff. Yeah, that made sure. me really. Yeah. Upset, but yeah, I had like a Cathar's Crusade uh, sitting yeah. in my hand, ready to go. I also had a Anointed Procession, and I couldn't get either of them out. Wow! And I just sat there and died. Maybe uh, time to I, invest. Uh, maybe time to invest what was ten dollars, but now is probably four hundred for the five <laughs> rare lands we were talking about. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then let's see. Game two was against uh, Marketing Ross, not friend of the cast anymore. Will I believe? He's been right. He's no longer who, a friend. Who did steal all of my stuff and kill me with it? So I yeah. wasn't happy about that. And then I believe Tyler was in that game too. And let's see, I had Akiri the Line Slinger out, uh, killed Ross with. He had sixty something life. He was gaining life like crazy, but command damage just pinged him all the way down. Yeah, I think I, I forgot you even have that deck. Yeah, yeah, I brought it back out. Well, I forgot I had any decks. I hadn't played in weeks. Was that Kakoshi? You said <laughs> no, Akiri. Oh, right, the Lightslinger, yeah. sure. Yeah, so I pumped out a couple of instants to give him, like, plus three, plus four, and double strike, mm-hmm. and would just kill people in one turn or two Teamer turns. Teamer battle then. rage, if you will. Yeah, and then Will took it from me and did the same thing to me, so that was that. Well, um, Poetic Justice, and, also uh, magic card. Then I got a little uh, little in the tank for the last game, but if I do remember right, Doug was really, uh, really killing people, so... Yeah, that he was doing dragon nice. things, I believe. Yeah, was? that wasn't Duff? very nice. Duff was. Yeah. yeah. Duff came in really hot. He'd, he'd play some cards, and he did his, his Duff thing, where he's like, hey, guys, yeah, this card's cool. It's cool. It's fine. It's no problem. Yeah, he has and a, a Scion of the Earth Dragon deck now. Oh, yeah. he changed it? Yeah. I think it's almost yeah. a better commander. If you Anyways. play, like, enough graveyard rigmaroles back and forth, so. Yeah, it was it was nice to get back into the swing of things. I didn't win any games, but I came close, so uh, uh, maybe next week. Sure. All right. Well, Big Tuck, any games you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, uh, the only one I want to talk about, I got in some games on Friday again, and uh, I uh, offer you, Mr. Combo, a tip of the hat, because right. you and I are even more alike, because I also got to do an uncountered Primal Surge and just outright win the game oh, in one go. Nice. So, Get it. Yeah, Get uh, right. it's, 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 I wish it was more, com- I wish it was less complex, but pretty much in my Moldratha deck, um, it's all permanents, just like yours. And I yep. could run the no cards win con, but instead I do, um, there's one called Timestream Navigator. That's, uh, it, it's a normal, I think it costs two to cast. It's like, it, or no, I'm sorry, it's four to cast, one of the two. And pretty much the gist is when it enters the battlefield, you ascend. As long as you have the sitting's blessings, you can pay two colorless, two blue, tap it, put it on the bottom of your library, and take an extra turn. So pretty oh, gotcha. much what you do is you run out your library, slap the boots on it, and then you have unlimited mana to do that, go into infinite combat steps, all that stuff, whatever you want. So Yeah, but isn't that kind of fragile? Because I oh, mean yeah. the boots no. is a sorcery. Yes, exactly. Speed. Because if I had drawn <laughs> boots, if you if I would have drawn well, if I drew boots, that would be okay. But if my boots is in my graveyard, there's a lot there's a lot of ways that it is extremely fragile, and it's also like a four-card <laughs> combo. However, um, I do have a lot of graveyard recursion, and when the primal surge uh resolves i should have enough mana to cast my commander and get my graveyard back so again it's like if it's i think if someone exiles my boots then it's like uh okay you guys have a turn so it's a, it's a true <laughs> to, rude goldberg do, machine do your work it is, it is we it is a definition of a rude goldberg in a bit it's a, it's the definition of the old rube so but uh the people are playing against were rubes for letting it happen so there you have it well there we go well, that's gonna wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So, uh, at the, of course, at the time of this recording, I literally saw today on YouTube, Prof uh, be- beat us to the punch on one of our uh, card uh, discussions. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Prof, you're a nice guy. That's yeah, right. you actually, you uh, actually so. seem like a decent human being, so. You uh, do not need to suck it. So what we kind of thought is with us 
everyone finally now by the time this airs having their Ikoria and Commander 20 it should be arriving to your doorstep um, and you're going to be either a building new decks there but like a lot of us that have a lot of EDH decks you're going to be stripping them yeah. for parts and kind of putting them into a lot of your other stuff going through your trade so, binder all that stuff right yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and so what we thought is like let's talk about some cards that are possibly overrated in your deck mm -hmm. that you've kind of sculpted to your mind oh this is an auto include you have to have it uh, but then also we wanted to talk about some underrated cards which is actually what prof is talking about uh, that you know <laughs> may, maybe you should consider these cards we kind of looked at the edh rec data and feel that they're actually slightly underplayed mm -hmm. compared to some of the other cards that kind of do the exact same thing mm -hmm. so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start with the overplayed discussion. Um, I am a huge proponent of this now that this other mana rocks are out <laughs> and they almost have a full set. But I am a big proponent. The Signets, 100% overrated. When you look at yeah. EDH rec data, for example, is it Signet? is in 45% of decks uh -huh. that can run wow, Blue and Red. that's yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm actually not surprised at that. Like, But here is the crazy data. Talisman of Creativity. Uh -huh. Same casting cost, but it's not a put a mana in to get the is it. Yeah. You can just tap it for either or and take a damage. Yep. It's only in 16% of decks really? that can run it. Yep. Well, and here's the thing too. So, um, and it's only a buck. That's so. so I, was, yeah. I was just, I was just gonna say that. So, I think the one thing um, with the signets is that you generally get them in the pre cons, right? So you yep. just have them lying around. Sure. Um, and for some of them, the cycle of the cycle of the talismans that came out back in the day in a Mirrodin, like I mean, the talisman of dominance is that's that taps for the blue and black is five dollars unless you get in gold, sure. unless you get in gold border, then it's a dollar. Um, so Big you always have special. that. But I agree. Um, I I if you're running one of the colors, it's the five uh, allied colors that have them. Or wait, no, I'm sorry. The enemy colors have them. The allied ones are the expensive ones. Mm -hmm. um, there is no reason not to run those, especially because most of them are. I mean, the Golgari one, Talismans of Resilience, forty-two cents. Like, come on, if it's under a dollar slotted in, um, I'm hoping. So, I think they kind of shook waves when they reprinted these ones. So, do you think since they've been so popular and since there are so many people that are using them, that potentially they could do a reprint of the other cycle and the Commander Legacy thing coming around? I mean, that'd be pretty nifty, right? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um... You know, I don't know. I, a, a lot of these mana rock artifacts I struggle with just in general. Uh, obviously, you have your really, really good ones like Mana Crypt and a few others, but, you know, the ones that you <laughs> got to pay two in to get them. Oh, man, use some creatures. They're much more fun. <laughs> yeah, but creatures can land where else get earthquaked for one. You have to burn a <laughs> removal on talismans. I, well, and, and I, well, and here, and I think this even shows you more to my point that they're overrated. You look at Boros Signal. Uh -huh. It's in 39% of Boros decks, yeah. which you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Boros doesn't ramp. Or right. I guess I should say red and white, but it could be all the yeah, colors. Yeah, I totally get you, yep. Talisman of Conviction is only in 13% of decks. That's asinine. And that it's, have Boros. It's 71 it's 70 cents. cents. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Like, I, I think um, if you're playing those colors, I think keep both of them in, right? In my opinion. Sure. Right? But And, and you know what? It, going through my research, there were some cards that I would look at and I would say, like, oh, this is overrated. And I'm wondering what its counterpart it's in, like uh, Urborg, yeah. Tomb of Yawgmoth. I was thinking that that was possibly going to be an overrated card. And I saw the number and I was like, oh, it's absolutely. But I was like, you know what? Let me check Urborg. See how many decks Urborgs ran, or sorry, Cabal Coffers oh, is sure. ran in. And they, the percentage was identical. Really? And I was like, okay, okay yeah. makes sense. Because mm -hmm. if you run Urborg, you're probably yeah, running the ball yeah. coffers and you need them. And so Boros Signet, if it's like, oh, you need that ramp, well, then you should be running Talisman to Conviction as well. Right. Those numbers should be identical. Yeah. But the fact that they're disparaged by 20, 30 percent. Yeah. And, it's, and like, granted, the Talismans just did come out and there's mm -hmm. people have, I have a whole box of Signets pretty much. But even to that point, I'm looking at like the green one is 50 cents, like, it mm -hmm. makes sense. So I, I I am pretty much on board with Talisman, except for there's two or three that are expensive, and that kind of makes more sense to run the Signets just from a cost perspective. But for the most part, yeah, pick them up. 
Yeah, I'm cool. more I'm more in the line too, maybe of like a manolith or something like that. I'd prefer to pay the extra mana to get it on the board and then tap for any color. I don't care about it's, the two mana, and then you got to pay a manolith. Manolith is the worst mana just, rock in the game. There is so better many, than the signets are. No way, no way. They cost one less. You can tap them on the turn they come in, or usually sometimes there. No, it, manolith is the worst. Mana geode is better. Dark seal ingot is better. The cultivator's caravan the is better. The talismans are better. I, that's fine. The banners are better. The new I'd ones that just came out that cycle it. are better. I'd take You're, a manolith over a signet. You're insane. You're you've lost it. This you, you get the Corvettes finally made it to your brain. It's only it's a wholly sensible answer. Oh Jeez. gosh. Well, we're gonna move on to the next one. The next one that we, or I should say, I yeah. feel is overrated uh, is negate. Negate yeah. a colorless blue instant counter target non-creature spell. It's in 23% of decks that can run blue. Wow. Now here, here here's my thought. CEDH, I get it. Mm -hmm. But CEDH is such a small percentage of the decks that are represented on EDH rec mm -hmm. that seeing that basically one out of four blue decks, sorry, one out of four decks that run blue have a negate in there is just absolutely crazy to me yeah. considering there are way better counter spells yeah. than this conditional nonsense. Yeah, there are. I think it's two things. One is dirt cheap. You can find yeah. it anywhere. Uh, two, it it still is effective in a game, so I'm sure everybody has gotten at least one decent use out of their negate where it comes out in their hand and they can counter something cool, but I agree with you for the most part. This is always the first card that comes up on my cutting block when I go through my decks that run blue, because I usually put it in there with my first round of counter spells and yeah. guaranteed, like two or three cards into my cuts, it's out of there. So, yeah, I, I think it's way overrated. I'd still just run a regular counter spell, and like you said, there's a lot of better ones out there that handle all of that stuff, unless you're in CEDH. Yeah, I, and I, I agree with that. Again, I think it's probably that it is 13 cents, and... It's been printed, like, I think I opened six of these in Battle Bond, right? So it's one of those... And do you ever put them in a deck? I only put, like, I only put them in when I'm, like, <laughs> shelling it together. And then eventually I'm like... Exactly. Yeah, it's then like, I'm like, wait, why is my this... blue feel-good hug? Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is playable. But then it's like, why isn't this an Arcane Denial? That's just, in my opinion, significantly <laughs> better, right? Non-conditional, it replaces itself, and they draw two cards. Like, big whoop. So, yep. I mean, you could even you could even say for one mana more, uh, kind of like an arcane denial, but unwind. It's yeah. only thirty cents. Counter target non creature spell, and then you untap your lands. Yeah, so you great. get your mana Absolutely. back. Absolutely. That's only that's only in five percent of decks that run blue. Yeah, much compared to cut. the twenty three percent and of negate. Outside yeah, of outside of CEDH, that is just way better, right? Like I would yeah. happily pay one more that you can keep open, so you can keep. It's like perfect, right? Because if you do have to counter something with this, then you can cast a brainstorm or whatever else, or activate an ability. And good blah 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 blah. So yeah, yeah I, I agree. I I'm on board with the gate too. Again, it's like it's fun, it's fine if you have it and you don't have anything else, but it's like always yeah. the first on the chopping block. It's just there's better. so many of them out there in the wild. Fair enough. All right. Well, the next one is going to honestly shock the world because I know that EDH Shocked loves this card. <laughs> We're going to talk about Sun Titan. Yeah. I think Sun Titan's a bit overrated. So four colorless white, white creature giant vigilance. Whenever it ETBs yeah. uh, or attacks, you may return target permanent card to convert mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's a six, six. It is in 21% of decks that can run white. That is that, that, okay. I, so I will agree that is probably overplayed. However, I do mm -hmm. like Sun, I like Sun Titan a lot. Yes. It's one of sure. it's one of the cards I like, but that is actually shocking. <laughs> it's a twenty wait. So yeah. almost a fourth so you're saying almost a fourth of decks on EDH rec that run white have this in it? Well, basically, a, f a fifth is just about perfect. So one out of five decks that run white have a Sun Titan in the deck. That seems wow insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like this card. I think the the three and less is kind of prohibitive, which is why I typically don't run it in my decks. Yeah. Is you kind of you don't get to pull a lot of gas with under three mana. You may have a mm -hmm. few combo tricks that mm -hmm. you can skis in and out from the graveyard, but all in all, you're not going to be, in my opinion, winning the game on Sun Titan without comboing out. Yeah, yeah. I the, the reason why the reason why I like it personally is that in a lot of decks, like I think my cycling deck's a good example. Those colors don't really have a lot of graveyard recursion that's good. Um, sure. And they don't have creatures that can block. So this kind of fulfills double duty. If you're playing like a Voltron deck, then this can also kind of suit up, if you will, in a pinch if you need to. But like, yeah. I don't know. 
I can like, you know, I, honestly, can look, like I can look like, at decks and be like, I just don't know why I would have this in there. Like, for example, like here's a great example, right? Like my Queen Marchesa deck. Sure, there's cards that have CMC three or less, but I also run black in it. So I'd rather just have yeah. non-conditional black graveyard recursion than have yeah. this, even if it is a creature. Right. Um, and especially in a deck like this really, if you're not in a deck that this is going to be getting into the red zone, then it's it's effectively worthless. You're paying six, you're paying six for a six, six blocker, right? That you can get the ability from once. So the fact I, I like the card a lot, but that is ridiculous. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it, I know. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I you know, I have a Carador deck. Yeah, of course, sure. it fits in a Carador yeah. deck. Right. But you know what? My Orzov deck, my uh, Selenia Dark Angel, it makes zero, zero sense. sense in that deck. There's way better things I could do that I could also use to pay my life yes, down I can pull, to go yep. grab. Yeah, that. this isn't in, um, this isn't it, in either, either my Orzov decks either. Like it just. I don't even think this is in my Feather deck. Yeah, I was. And I was actually, think Boros yeah. would want it. I was just gonna ask you that because it doesn't like it doesn't do anything like a. For that deck, and for a lot of like these Boros Spellslinger decks, like permanent card, who cares, right? Like you want a card yeah. that's going to get an instant or sorcery from your yard back to hand immediately, right? Like and keep that train going. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's cool. that. When I first saw this on the list, I'll admit I was like, ah. But then when know. he told, when he said those stats, I was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, well, the next one we're going to talk about, once again, shocks me to my core. Uh, we're talking about Mystic Remora. Oof. One blue, Oof. cumulative upkeep, yeah. one. Uh, when target opponent successfully casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card if that player may pay four to counter this effect. It's in 17% of decks that can run it blue. Is, it has been errated to be any opponent, so that helps a lot. There we yes. go. Um, also, so... I this card I have really I have real wish washy feelings about right see yeah. and that's and I do too that's why that's it shocks why it's me on the cut list usually yeah and it's like and the other thing too is like so I this card was one that I started tracking when I was young when I was like very young in my EDH career and it used to be like. I don't know, 50 cents. And I think Tomer or someone from MTG Goldfish like, you should scoop up as many copies of this as you possibly can because this is going to be expensive. <laughs> I was like, horse hockey, like, it's not that good. $5! Like, I wouldn't, like, unless, again, like, a specific deck, like, this This is bonkers in Moldrotha, right? Because I don't care about the cumulative sure. upkeep, right? Yeah. But, like, Bort, Bort. And it's bonkers in CEDH. Yes, I, CEDH, yeah. it wrecks. Just totally agree. But you know what? Once again, CEDH is such a small sliver of the, the, the EDH rec yeah. data pie right. that honestly I cut this from a lot of decks I do too. because it's like unless you get it turn one right. and you're in a decent group where people are going to be like uh, far seekers you know, yeah. land soul ring mana crypt Kadama's reach yeah you're like, gonna, you're gonna uh, have going, to really yeah. luck out like and a lot and a lot of times it's just a dead I like the difference between this and Ristic study in my opinion is that the cumulative upkeep Right, like even if you get Rustic Study later in the game, it's less of a dead drop. It's still kind of a dead drop. But this one, you're like, okay, great. So now I have like another thing to think about on how I'm gonna spend mana every turn. And if someone's only casting one time warp a turn, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll pay for it. I don't care. Or take take the card. Like I'm so right. far ahead of you, it doesn't even matter. I also think yeah, you said I cumulative up creep. Which I like a little <laughs> bit better. Well, and I think it's interesting if you look at the EDH rec top commanders on the Mystic Remora page, the top ten five of six of them, seven of them are CEDH pairings. So I do think it's, you know, maybe the data is showing that there's more CEDH combinations out there, but then you get down into the non-CEDH group, like God Eternal Kefnet, um, sure, you know, fine. Bruce Tarl, Thrasios, mm -hmm. and it, it's still in over half of all the decks that have that, and it's just, that blows my mind. Yeah. I think a lot of people consider this kind of like a blue staple almost, and just throw it in there as a card to have on the list. And I think that happens a lot with people that say when you build your deck and you haven't played anybody yet mm -hmm. until you mm -hmm. actually get this on the board and see what happens and see how it interacts with your deck. You don't really want to cut it because you think it could be cool. And then you finally play it and you realize, oh my God, yeah, I'm, all right, I'm dumping my mana into this thing. Yeah. I drew two cards. That guy actually paid for it. I got nothing out of that. Or I drew it late game and I never want to see this card again. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's the reason we wanted to do this segment is because sometimes there are cards like that and Sun Titan that you just look at and you're like, oh, put yeah, it in the same deck in. I can. Yeah. But, but then when you really kind of step back and think about it, it's like, no, that doesn't have a home <laughs> in this deck. <laughs> All right, well, the last overrated card we wanted to talk about is one that I think Big Tuck and I have cut from many a deck <laughs> during a bottle cap. You, you have to be more specific. <laughs> 
Uh, we're talking about Rampaging Baylock. Get it out! Get it out! Four colorless, green, green, creature beast, six, six, trample, landfall. Whenever it land and ETBs, you may make a four, four green uh, beast creature token. It's in 10% of decks that run green. No wow. Way. I think it's just because it's a big beater, but it's, I have wanted this card to work so many times. Yeah. And yeah. by the time you can afford to play it and get the mana out and put it onto the board, you're not really playing that many lands anymore unless you're running a deck that's bringing them back from the graveyard. So, yeah, I don't see it. You know what? And sure, the land-specific commanders—your Lord Wind Graces, your Omnath, yeah, your Azusa's, sure, yeah. your Titanias, yeah. Yeah. Barus. Yes, it absolutely goes in there because you aren't playing a land a turn. You're playing like five or six. Correct. Yeah. But you know, heck, I wouldn't run this in my Karametra deck. Mm -hmm. no. I tried to run this in Reese. I tried to run this in Gorm the Great. I took it out of both of them because it just didn't do anything once well, I got it out there, other than be a six-six trampler. And I think part of the problem with it is like it doesn't win the game. It's six mana for a six-six trampler, which is fine, right? And like the four fours are fine. But like if you if you compare it to Avenger of Zendikar, mm -hmm. which is one more mana, that yeah. that comes into play and immediately goes to town, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're generating a huge army just when it enters the battlefield the first time and then everything on top of that is icing on the cake right like you can use you can use the tokens from that for sacrifice fodder immediately right and you get a pile sure. of them for one more which makes sense because again like we talked about beforehand pay loss is 50 cents and mm -hmm. avengers endicar is 11 dollars <laughs> so um you yeah get i mean even if they gave the the beast tokens maybe an evergreen ability yeah or like a trample like or that something that could, yeah. yeah something would give it a little splash of extra but it's just too plain and yeah. yeah by the time you play a land you get one four four token i mean who cares? yeah it's, it's just been it's been pretty underwhelming in most of the decks i put it in um and just doesn't get you there so yep got it all right. Well, that's going to wrap up our overrated card section. Now we're going to go to some underrated stuff. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about it and I looked at this card and I know the first thing Big Tuck's going to talk about is price. Yep. But, it's, <laughs> but here's the thing is that there's other cards that, you know, we'll get to a little bit later that are in way more decks that are way more expensive. Really? So I don't think it's a price thing. Plus, you also have to remember EDH rec data is taking data that people have online. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in paper. They didn't have to buy the card. They probably just built a deck list and then never actually built oh, it yeah, in real yeah. life. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's not even in deck list shocks me. We're talking about bribery. Mm -hmm. Three colorless blue blue sorcery. Search target opponent's library for a creature card and put that card into play under your control. Then that player shuffles his or her library uh, sitting around $18. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's not cheap, cheap. No. but it's only in 3% of decks that run blue. Yeah, I think and that's I think, what? honestly, that's crazy. Wait, what? 3%? Yeah, this card 3%. is so agnostically good across the board in any wow. deck because you can go and grab anybody's card that you either know that they're going to have a win con in there or they're going to have some big banger or beater you can put onto your board. And for five mana, oh, you can go and get whatever you want. You can potentially cripple an opponent and win the yeah. game on your board state at the same time. Tuck, before you give your reaction, to give you some perspective, Agent of Treachery is two more mana, only takes something that's on the battlefield, <laughs> and it's in the same amount of decks as Bribery. Wrong. That's also and shocking. It, it, <laughs> and, it's, and it's like six to eight dollars. Yeah, right. So it's like not that far off. Wow. That is, sh that, I mean, that was, that's what I was going to say with bribery is it is expensive. There's no gold porter that you can get, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but you could probably find one like with the back half missing or something. Um, but it's, but like th this is a card that a lot, this is a card that's been like systematically good throughout magic's history, right? Yeah. Like when this got printed, when we were playing and whatever, grade, oh my like, God, it I remember, I remember it people wrecked. loving this then, and that was in 60 cards. So I could just, run four of these. Yeah, it's just like it's shocking to me that there isn't more of this being played. Like, I don't know. That's like this is a this is a good card in control decks. Uh -huh. I I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. Like, it's. I mean, this would even be something if my Atraxa deck wasn't as tuned mm -hmm. as it is. You know, if you ran a casual Super Friends Atraxa, I'd run yeah. it in there. I mean, you're usually not running a lot of creatures. What's to say there's not going to be... A, there's always going to be one creature player yeah, on the guarantee, battlefield. Guarantee. Yeah, Unless you're sure. in a hard guarantee. play group, which is just now sitting around and not doing anything. So <laughs> Correct. Hey, but and, I got a lot of creatures. What? 
you could even look at this as I don't even want to use the creature. I just don't want them to yes, use the creature. I, so maybe I use it on screen totally and take his crater hoof mm -hmm. exactly. just to take it. Yeah, exactly. it's the same. It's the same kind of argument we had with um, uh, the Aetherborn guy. We're in the battlefield, and you can exile one card off the top. Sometimes you're like, yeah. I have, this has no use, but I'd much rather have this be in the exile zone or on my battlefield than then have access. Yeah. Like if they're playing creatures, they're probably playing creature tutors. They're mm -hmm. probably playing creature recursion, right? Like. For sure, have different ways to get it back. So that's just—I mean, it's—it's it's one of the more expensive cards on the list that we have. I think to talk about. So that was going to be my only yeah. thing. With like three percent is ridiculously low. Yeah. So this card's I don't great. Know. I would say this is this is criminal, and quite frankly, I think this card only got better when Commander came out. So yeah. that's probably why it's so expensive. It's criminal, and I quite frankly, it. quite frankly, it's abhorrent. <laughs> All right. Well, the next underrated card can literally go in any deck because it's colorless. It is only in 1% of EDH rec decks. We're talking about Torpor. Oh, woo! Two colorless artifact. Creatures ETB doesn't cause abilities to trigger. It's sitting around four bucks. This is a really it's early weatherlight report card. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in 1% of it's, all it's, it's forecasted. <laughs> and the way I look at it is, you know what? If we go, and these are even color specific, but you look at like Propaganda. Uh -huh. Propaganda is a kind of staxy card sure. around the same price point, and it's in 13% of blue decks. Um, you look at Ghostly Prison. Same type of effect where people can't attack you. It's sitting around $4. It's in 17% of white mm -hmm. decks. So how, and I think one of the most powerful things in Magic when you're not at a CEDH table is creatures ETB mm -hmm. and you're getting value. Yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't you just run Torpor Orb in your deck? I mean, even if you say 50% of the decks out there have some sort of creature ETB shenanigans, mm -hmm. There's the other 50%. There are cards printed. We even talked about a talisman that's in 49% of Izzet decks. How is Torpor Orb in 1%? I feel like people get a little little worried about like overworking their own board with this card, but I mean, if you play it properly as you should, it should never be an issue. This is a great lockdown Correct. piece. Right, yeah, I was, and I was going to agree with that and be like, it's, now that we're talking about, like, admit, like, is it, for example, none of my creatures entering the battlefield do anything, I think, right, in, like, yeah. both my is it decks. Maybe one or two, but, like, mm -hmm. They don't do anything. So the I think like a lot of people would say it's a symmetrical effect. It's a world enchantment, right? But in the deck sure. where you want to play these sort of lockdown, these sort of like, hey, I'm sitting tight and no one else is doing anything, you don't care about your own creatures anyways, right? They're just like mm -hmm. Correct. borderline and ends to a meme. So what'd you say, 1%? Yeah, 1%. 1%. And it's not even expensive. I thought this was like super yeah. expensive, but it's really oh, not. Four bucks, so, yeah. 420, something like that. Yeah. I mean, at, at a two-cost artifact, yeah, that's shocking because you can throw this in anything and have it be effective. Yeah, that is that is weird. So buy it while you can, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think you even kind of compare it to my personal favorite, Alter the Brood. <laughs> Alter the Brood's in double the amount of decks that Torpor Wars. Wow. Yeah. That, that is that so be, strange. That that's very strange. Maybe that's your doing, Mr. Combo. Hey, it's finally going up there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, the next one is a utility land that everyone knows about. Everyone knows about this card. It's sitting around $16. We're talking about Strip Mine. Mm -hmm. So Strip Mine, tap, add a color list to your mana pool, or tap, sack it, destroy target land. It's in only 9% of EDH decks. That's 9%. pretty low. It's got to be because of the price. Yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like I'm, I feel me, like I'm Ferris Bueller's day of off price. right now. Like, nine days. Nine, uh, <laughs> nine times. <laughs> what, you didn't go with the easy one? The nine, 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 nine. Uh, nine, nine, nine. Trying to oh, be progressive look here. at this. Okay, so what'd you say it was? Nine percent? Nine percent. Okay, so I was like, okay, I guess it's just the price. Ghostly Quarter, which is an eighteenth of the price, is only an eight percent of decks that it could go into. Wow. That, really? So, like, what is with that? I think, like, I, so, strip mine or otherwise, I think that's, I think this is a good point where it's like, I think that in 90% of decks out there, you should have one of these cards. Some sort yes. of land destruction card. Whether right. it's strip mine, whether it's ghostly quarter, whether it's, uh, what's the one field or, um, field? Field of room. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one, right? Where it's two and tap. Like yeah. you should have one of these, and actually, let's take a let's take a let's take a little, well, take a little it, peek here. It, it, 
And while Tuck is looking that up, you know, the guys over at MTG Goldfish and, and Command Clash, they all of them always run at least one of these types of effects. Because what happens if someone has a Gaius Cradle uh -huh. or even an Etlamot Cradle of Sun that transforms? You know, I mean, Glacial there are so many good Yeah, I want this card. Look at this. Okay, look at this. Just because of that. Field of Ruin. 40 cents, 4% of deaths. What? And it even it even replaces itself. That's upsetting. And, and, I, and, I, and I think the reason behind this, kind of like how Sun Titan and Mystic Remora, there's just this cloud of, oh, it's a staple. You have to uh -huh, have yeah. it in everything. I think people with these types of effects, oh, it's land destruction. You can't do that. It's right. against yeah. the code. Yeah, right, but it's, yeah. not, it's not mass land destruction. That's what people hate. Mm -hmm. People understand it if you get rid of their Gaia's yes. Cradle. Like, oh, it's a good card. Or I'm not going to be that upset. What am I doing uh, in my life? I don't, have, I don't have any of these in my Dreddy deck because you won't pay 16 dollars for it no but i'll happily pay 40 cents <laughs> <laughs> what, am, what is wrong with me do i have yeah, this, this see you're part of the problem I am. being a slight going... feel bad like yeah this card all right, is, all right, this level, should be an all, right, all right level one you better start digging these out i'm coming to get in 40 <laughs> i would like 40 fields I, I would like all of your field of ruins please here is Fifty dollars, or like actually, be like, here is five dollars. <laughs> Fools! I don't, I don't have much to say. This card's great. I hate it. That's it. Yeah, sure. mine is awesome. All right. So, so the next one is going to be a card once again. I, and I think we've even talked <laughs> about this on a bruise and build oh, for sure. We're we're talking about thematic compass. Yeah. Oh. Two colorless artifact. Three, tap, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. At the beginning of your end step, if you control seven or more lands, transform thematic compass into Spires of Araska, which basically is tap, add a colorless to your mana pool, or tap, untap target attacking creature and opponent controls, and remove it from game, the combat. Basically a maze of if, right. but only for your opponents. Right. It's in 3% of EDH wow. decks, and it's sitting around $2. Yep. So again, I was like, okay. <laughs> This is mind-blowing. So I was like, okay, maybe it's because people already have the older version of it. So there's one called Journeyman's Kite that does the same thing just without the transform, right? Look at this. Okay. Statistically, 0% of 346,000 decks it could be in. It's in, it's in 1,227. What? And it's 60, it's 70 cents. I don't get it. Like, this is so good in, like... I would, I don't, I, again, I'm part of the problem because I don't have, because these used to be like five bucks, yeah, but it's like, I can this play is, devil's advocate on this card. Cause it's it slow. Is, it, yeah. It's quite a rigmarole. So you have to have two mana to get it out. Then you have to have yeah. three to tap it and search your library for land. And here, then you have to have seven lands on the battle. But here's the thing, Squee. We constantly talk about how there's so many colors that cannot ramp. Yeah. This is free yeah, ramp with potentially a maze of if payoff. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Green, sure. Don't put it in yeah. a green deck. But every other color and probably every other color combination, why it's just hard not to put the this only, in there. The only the only other thing I would say, it is a basic land. So if you're running something where you only have a handful of those and you have a gazillion mm -hmm. non-basics. But again, these are like such edge cases, right? Like right. why would like this should go in my Boros deck because I have like 20 basic lands, and this is just draw a card, right? Thins out your library. Uh, yes, Miss, Mr. Combo, you, uh, you have the floor. Uh, I, I looked up Maze of Ith that's sitting at $18. Guess how many decks it's in? 5% five, 5 of all EDH decks. <laughs> is the series of tubes throwing us for a loop? Yeah, it says it's in 15,000 decks, which is fine, and 15 into 30. Five three hundred fifty thousand is like five percent. Wow. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Are we missing something? Are we way off the curve here? Like uh, these nope. are staples. Yeah. I mean, this card. Yep. This card's fine. I got no beef. The, with the, it. These are just underrated cards that I think are affordable. They're they're not getting into the thirty plus dollar yeah, yeah, range. Yeah. They're affordable. But honestly, this card, if I could get a thematic compass, say if I could buy ten of them for twenty bucks, yeah. I'd probably do oh. it and put them in a ton of decks. Yeah, could. absolutely. I think I can right. I can facilitate like, this transaction. I'm getting like all worked up. I'm all like bothered. Well, you're about to get worked up even no. more. So the last card we're going to talk about, guys, is Aether Spouts. This is really blue, blue, instant. For each attacking creature, its owner puts it on the top or bottom of his or her Ooh. library. 
It's sitting at 70 cents, and it's only in 3% of blue decks. Now here's the thing. We're, we're, go we're, we're going there. Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, yeah. Cyclonic Rift is a $32 card, and Tuck, are you ready? It's in... 44% What? that can run blue. <laughs> what? Wait, what? That's so ridiculous. And it's $32. That card is so frustrating. Oh my god. expensive, and I think this card so, You said over 40%? 44% of all decks that can run blue. Gross. That's like so, upsetting. Whose fault here's, is this? Here's my thought, uh, Command Zone. Oh. Uh, here's here's my thought: is yes, Cyclonic Rift is a better card than Aether Spouts because it does all the non-land right, permanents. Yeah. But think about the times in normal EDH, not CEDH. CEDH different beast. Sure. Mm -hmm. CEDH, you do want to bounce the non-land permanents. EDH, you kind of do. But think about every game that a Cyclonic Rift kicks off. It's always when someone is swinging in, yes. and it's like, well, I gotta Every do it time. to save my life. Every single so, time. So Aether Spouts, two mana less, and they either go to the top of their library or the bottom, yeah. so that means they have to draw yeah, those they don't cards. get them into their hand. This card, to me, is... I, I actually kind of like it better than Cyclonic Rift, and oh, you sure. also have the plausible deniability if somebody goes, oh, are you just gonna Rift? And you go, no. No. But, but, but that's you, you leave it at that. Yeah. But you don't. But you don't get to attack, and you don't get to draw for five turns. So yeah, it's just, like they always try to feel you out if you have a rift yeah. in your hand, and if you're going to do that, should I swing in? You can say no, I don't have a rift, and then you hit him with an aether sprouts, and they go, shit, he was right. And it's only five mana, and it, oh. yeah, you could buy for one. You could buy what more than thirty copies of aether sprouts for one cyclonic rift. If I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm no botanist, but it seems like the math checks out there. I'd say scoop these ones up if you can. This is a beauty. I'm so I'm like I'm like I've caught mouth. He is flush. He's I'm flush. I'm flushed. You can't tell it, but I am red <laughs> in the face. He is very red in the Golly. face. Golly. Good pull. Oh man. Yep. Alright guys. Well that's gonna wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Squeed dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we are talking a... Uh, I don't know if I've ever actually heard of this card until I did some research on it. That is Dagatar the Adamant. And How in the world do you spell that? Is that what uh, the home game? That is D-A-G-H-A-T-A-R. Dagatar. Dagatar. Yeah, and then I, like if it works really well, people might call it Dag hmm. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, Dagatar the Adamant. So three colorless and a white. It's a legendary creature, human warrior. Uh, Vigilance. Dagatar the Adamant enters oh, the battlefield right. with four 1-1 one, one counters on it. And then for one hybrid green-black, hybrid green-black, move a 1-1 one, one counter from target creature onto a second target creature. It comes in as a 0-0. Zero, zero. So, okay, can we pause there? I have a factoid and a question. Yes. Factoid. Uh, Big Tuck, wasn't this cycle the first set of legends that were tricolor? Uh, they were the first ones where they were the hybrid. Yeah, because this was thing. this was like Tassiger, Yosova, Dragonclaw, and all of them. Mm -hmm. So these were the first. These were the first cycle that were one color on the card, and then they were actually three colors. Yep. Okay. Second question: Why in the world do they have to point out move from target creature onto a second target creature? Why wouldn't it just be onto another? Because creature? they were feeling over-explanatory. If it was an, oh yeah, if it, it should be an, it should be another creature because I was like I say you could if it was just target creature you could just like keep dumping counters on itself to like um, forgotten ancient or like hard scale right sure. But, a second target creature. Yeah, you could skip the target. I mean, it's a redundancy bottle capping scenario. Here we the are. Two, yeah, because I'm looking. The two targets of last ability must be different creatures, which is, I'm pretty sure, exactly what another creature says. Yeah, I don't think you know. I, I have no idea. That's super strange. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Squee, you may continue. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, so, <laughs> as we were, uh, Dekatar. So, he's going to be a counter-based kind of deck, but I thought this one was interesting because I know we had talked a couple times in the past about cards that can move counters from creature to creature, and we didn't find a ton out there. This one was really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, and he has an interesting mechanic being... Uh, really an all-white creature, but coming in and allowing you to use green-black, too. So sure. uh, the first card I wanted to talk about is the most, not mana or money expensive, but mana expensive card I've talked about in a while. Uh, it is Chorus of the Conclave. So four colorless, two green, 
two white. Legendary creature Dryad. It has forest walk. It's a three eight. Big butt there. Oh, yeah. Uh, as an additional cost to cast creature spells, you may pay any amount of mana. If you do, that creature enters the battlefield with that many additional plus one, plus one counters on it. Mm-hmm. So any creature that you dump out of your hand, you can use whatever available mana you have. With green available, you're going to most likely have quite a bit out there. And you can start dumping in every single creature that you have in your hand onto the battlefield with a ton of counters on it to fuel the fire. Um, so I thought this card was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's super expensive. expensive, but it is a big creature that's not going to go anywhere. It it nicely has forest walk, so you're usually going to be able to swing through with something at somebody for a couple of damage each turn if you want. Um, but yeah, just having the option to throw that many 1-1 counters on creatures you normally wouldn't be able to buff up like that's really exciting. I'm also going to get ready to go tell myself to suck it, but this was also the lead of the Sledzia Conclave in the original Ravnica block. So, uh, wow. Yeah. I think it. You, you, you could definitely suck it for that one. That was a deep cut. Uh, what, what can you do? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, next card we're moving on to. So this one, I don't really know how to say it. And oh it's boy. dirt cheap. I'm pretty sure all these cards, if I did my math right, other than maybe the last one are under a dollar total. Love it. Um, uh, bond kin for those playing that's A-I-N-O-K. Bond dash. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's creature hound soldier for uh, one colorless and a white. It is a common Uh, It has Outlast for one in white, and for those playing the home game that don't know, that is for one in white tap, put a 1-1 counter on this creature. Outlast only is a sorcery. Uh, Each creature you But honestly, why would you even know what Outlast is? (laughs) It's like banding. They just got abandoned. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what we call a retired ability. (laughs) (laughs) And then each creature you control with a 1-1 counter on it has first strike, and then it's a 2-1. That's pretty nice. In a deck that's going to have counters on everybody out there, this is essentially a two-mana enchantment to me. That is a creatures you control have first yep. strike and, and 18 cents. I believe. This, this, uh, there's a couple other ones in this cycle that do very similar abilities for creatures that have plus one, plus one counters, which we might get into, but they actually all are from the same block too. So really thought about the play design there. So I'm kind of curious there, since he is only a two one and kind of looking at the rec page, a lot of them have smaller toughnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have some sort of way to do some graveyard recursion? Because they're probably, like you said, Inok is more of an enchantment, right. but he is a creature, so right. he is easier to get rid of, to Big Tuck's point earlier, around mana rocks and mana dorks. So I'm curious, if you build this, do you put like maybe five to eight cards that's kind of like, hey, I got a little bit of graveyard package That's going to be the majority of the black that's going to go into this deck, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I'm not talking about them because, I mean, we've talked about graveyard recursion cards to death for a long time. But, no, we've talked about tokens to death. <laughs> but uh, yeah, most of the black cards in this deck are going to be focused on getting creatures and other things back from the graveyard so you can keep your mm. moral going. Um, and then that kind of leads into the next card, not really on a graveyard recursion, but it's the first black card I'm talking about. Uh, it is Winding Constrictor, so a black yeah! creature snake, and it is an uncommon uh, this card was under the radar, I think heavily under the radar. Uh, if one or more counters would be placed on an artifact or creature you control, that many of those counters plus one are placed on that permanent instead. If you would get one or more counters, you get that many plus or that many of those counters plus one instead. And it's a two, three. What is the green enchantment that essentially does this? Bonds of, what is that card? Hardened Scales? It adds one, one counters. Yeah, Hardened Scales. This is essentially another copy of Hardened Scales on a, a two, three snake and... It, it works for your player too. Except you got to be careful you, because poison. you could die from infects. Yes. <laughs> um, but this was so a little bit of magic lore for you too. Oh, no, no, geez. this is not, this what isn't is a, this? this isn't a this isn't a whatever those morons are called. Valros, I don't even care. Uh, this is going to be touch segment. So um, this actually was huge in standard because this was played with energy. So this would just be oh, free yeah. energy. So I think this they almost banned this, but they banned Aetherwork Marvel instead. Because people were getting like turn four Emrakuls, like left, right, and center. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. So anyways, a little bit of trivia for you there. Yeah, I thought that card was pretty under the radar and mm-hmm. it has a really good effect for this deck. Um, and then the last card I wanted to talk about is only 60 cents and it's pretty good as an elf. So it's Rishkar Pima Renegade. Uh, oh, two yeah. colorless and a green legendary creature elf druid it's a rare uh, when Rishkar Pima Renegade enters the battlefield put a 1-1 counter on each of up to two target creatures and then each creature you control with a counter on it has tap add one green mana to your mana pool it's a 2-2 it's a squeak uh, card if is, I ever saw one yeah this is a beautiful squeak card it's only 60 cents it's not busting the bank 
It only costs three mana to get out on the board, so it passes the ramp test in my book. And it effectively gives you kind of like that Sentinel Hierophants we talked about last week, where yeah. all your creatures are going to have that tap effect to get you some green mana. I'd like to see that be any color. Um, but yeah. you know, as we spoke about, there are other cards that will do that for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought this was a really good, cheap way to ramp in this deck and build onto your counters too, because he enters the battlefield with them. So the one comment I'll kind of make there that I think everyone should be on the lookout for is the new Abzan Precon deck with Cathril Aspect Warper that comes in and puts counters on stuff based on what's in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Rishkar's ability does oh, read. Sure. Each creature you control with a counter on it, yep. it can tap and add a green to a mana pool. So that effect will work in that new Abzan general cool. deck. Yeah. And right now with Rishkar sitting at 60 cents, I think if people want to build that Abzan uh -huh. build, they're going to buy up Rishkar, similar to how I was panicked about <laughs> uh, oh god, a Cassetto uh, with my Xeris deck. Yeah. So yeah. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Yeah, and this, um, we've talked about it a little bit before, but this whole cycle, you know, him, Saram, Brawl, uh, the Air of the Born guy we were talking about earlier, and even Kari Zev, the Pirate Gal, are just so awesome. Great in the 99, yeah. great, great as commanders themselves in the right deck, so gotta love them. Yeah, and I think there might be one addition that you would have to include in this deck. I'm kind of scrolling through the EDH rec page. I'm, I'm going to guess, Squee, you're going to say this is a, a turn sideways deck. You're going to be swinging in? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a card called Dragon Scale General, three colorless white creature, human warrior, two, three. At the, be the beginning of your instep, bolster X, where X is the number of Ooh. tapped creatures you control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that combos very, very well with, uh, with uh, Ivory Tusk Fortress. That says untap each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it during yeah. each other player's untap step. Yep. So you tap, you get your bolster effect, then boom, you're now untapped. And I can start kind of like blocking, swinging in. Maybe you have Rishkar out there and you do a tap at the end step while the trigger's on the stack. I mean, that could be like some cool yeah. kind of energy there to where maybe in one rotation, your creatures are like nine nines. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We needed it. Well, yeah, this deck I'm actually fairly excited about. I figure if I do make it, I'm going to name it just another counter deck. Um, <laughs> well, you truly are reaching into the creative juices on that one, huh? <laughs> uh, um, you know, and I, I can see you. I can see you building this for under 50 bucks. Oh, I yeah, mean, even easy. with the little combo that I talked about, Ivory Tusk Fortress is 20 yeah, cents. Yeah. All these cards Super are 18 cheap. to 25. The, on the high end, I'm going to you know spend 50 cents woof so uh, yeah i mean that's, that's all i had on this deck. i'm excited about it so i'll uh, kick it back to the action four news desk with mr combo and big tuck thank you for staying with us and as always remember the great giveaways from cmd tower and level one game shop by retweeting subscribing following liking sharing and placing orders through levelonegameshop.com also another way to support your news team is head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower with reward tiers for all the budgets throws away that you the collective can't help. Uh, there it is. <laughs> you can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 News team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.